1: Welcome to Live Well Anyway. I'm your host, Mackenzie Kappa. On this podcast, we journey together in learning how to feel healthy, look good, and plan lives we actually like in the midst of all the everyday chaos. I'm so glad you're here. And today... I'm so excited to have Brie McCoy on the show. It is my first time having her on the show, but I've talked with many of her friends in the past, as you will hear in this episode, and it was so much fun to talk about her brand new book, The Cook's Book, which is beautiful, and the recipes are amazing. It's just so well done. I can't wait for you guys to get your hands on it and to hear this super fun conversation with her. In fact, we even go into some mastermind logistics because I have huge envy over her mastermind that is incredible. So you're going to want to stay tuned for this entire episode. But before we get there, I want to mention that there are a lot of brands having amazing sales right now. Beauty Counter, Dime, all kinds of people are doing their Labor Day sales. I'm affiliated with a lot of these companies. And so if you want to push a little love my direction and you're wanting to maybe freshen up your fall skincare or your fall makeup or any of those kinds of things, I would love if you shopped through my links. So I will have all of those links in my Instagram profile for you to find there, but I'm also going to be doing stories over the next week or so where you will be able to find the links really easily. So if you are wanting links to all of those kinds of things, then make sure you are paying attention on Instagram at Mackenzie Coppa, where you will be able to find them all. Also, this is the last episode of season three of Live Well Anyway. It is the wrap up to the eighth season of podcasting that I have ever had. Three of this show, we will be starting season four next week with a really fun episode with me and Katie. Katie will be back. Yay. So we're going to do a big update episode on everything that's been happening in her life and all kinds of things as we kick off next week with season four. So many things are coming and changing next week in my life, and I can't wait for you to join in with us and be a part of it. All right, but without further ado, let's dive into this episode with Brie McCoy. Welcome, Brie. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to have you on. I was like going through all my emails at the beginning of the summer, like, okay, I've got... A zillion people who are being pitched to be on the podcast. And as soon as I saw yours, I was like, oh, I don't even have to look at what it is. Like, I don't even care. I know it'll be fabulous. She is so much fun. That's a conversation I want to have. So, oh my gosh, I feel so honored. Wow. Thank you so much. You're just such a delight. And everything that I've seen of yours, I've just, I've never been less than impressed. So I'm so excited. Yeah, oh, that's so encouraging. But would you like to introduce yourself for people who are just familiar with you as I am? <laughs> yes, absolutely. My name is
2: Brie McCoy and I call myself an accidental home cook because I um I did not know how to cook until I got married. And in fact, I didn't want to learn how to cook. Like I thought it was an important part of my DNA. I do not know how to cook and I don't want to learn how to cook. I eat. That's what I do. I show yes. up and I eat. And so I truly stumbled into the kitchen just based off like budget reasons. And I was like, oh, we can't eat out every night. So I started to teach myself how to cook and it was truly disastrous. But at one point I started to fall in love with cooking. And so I kind of went on this journey of learning to cook more, gathering people around a meal. That's been really important because I'm also a military spouse. My husband's in the Air Force. And we move every three years. So food has been a really important part of us connecting and creating community.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I've we've all kind of watched your journey for those of us who've been paying attention for a lot of years. And and that is that's gotta be so hard, but what a skill to be able to fall back on because people are always going to gravitate to food.
2: Oh, absolutely. That has been a lifesaver for us and truly a lifeline. I'm like oh, yeah. people, we have food, come over here, be, be our friends.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I will bribe you with my good yes. cooking, <laughs> but I love how you even talk about in the book that like, obviously it was a journey for you. You didn't start out knowing how to cook, but that you really started your food blog before you really knew how to cook. Like you knew how to do a recipe, but you didn't know how to cook. And I thought that was so funny that it was like, you're like, yeah, I can be a food blogger. <laughs> like And you just Absolutely. did it and look where you are now.
2: Truly. I mean, where was that confidence? I truly was like, well, I'll tell you what it was. It was, you know, seven or eight years ago. And if you knew anything, you started a blog. That was just like what you did. It was like, oh, I made, I made a semi juicy chicken. I'm a food blogger now. I have a food blogger.
1: (laughs) Come follow me and all of my tips for how I did this, this one time. (laughs) This one time. Exactly. So I I love this new book that you have out, The Cook's Book. It is beautiful. I was just showing you, like, I've been having my hands on it. I actually took it with me to my son's eye appointment this morning. I was like, I'm sorry, I have to read this cookbook. I'm interviewing her. But it's just, it's so beautiful. But I like that you're kind of bossy in it because you're like, you need to go through this in order. And I thought that was so interesting because a lot of times you hear people like, just wh- however it works for you. And you're like, no, I designed this. And I love a program. Like, it feels like a class. So
0: exactly.
1: so what made I, you decide to go that direction with it?
2: I'm so glad you picked up on that. I really wanted for the skills and techniques in the kitchen that I teach to be stackable. So they really do stack upon each other. You learn a skill, then you make a recipe that reinforces that skill. And then the next skill you learn really stacks on top of what you've already learned. And then you do it again. You make a recipe that now incorporates all those skills. And I really did that because I felt like if you could go through a book and learn these skills and get them under your belt, that you would experience confidence in the kitchen. And so I was like, everybody, line up, let's line up. And let's just go straight through this book together.
1: Well, it's so it's smart the way you've done it too. I don't think I've seen another cookbook, especially because it's not just a cookbook. Like this is really, like I said, it's kind of like a course that you're taking. And I mean, I, I've been cooking, I've since, you know, I'm not married anymore, but when I got married, I watched a lot of Food Network and a lot of that kind of thing. I had to figure it out too. Yep. And so I did that back then, but I still like, even as I was looking through your book, I'm like, I feel fairly confident in the kitchen, but there's still so much I could learn. Like, I would love to just like, okay, I'm basically like signing up for taking a class myself, going through your book to like fill in those gaps of things. Like, I don't think it's just even for the the new person who's coming to the scene of like, I know nothing. There's so much to learn here. Like even just the list of like what you do with different knives and like it was it's so smart in that way.
2: Thank you. I I was actually really shocked because when I set out this book was first was an actual online course. And okay. so I was like, I'm going to do an online course. It. I launched it in the pandemic. And so, you know, so many people were at home and, you know, you couldn't get takeout. You couldn't go into restaurants. Like everything was shut down. And so I was like, I'm going to do a course that teaches people how to become a more confident home cook. And I really positioned it for people who felt like they were a beginner or felt like they had no idea what they were doing in the kitchen. And the most surprising thing to me is at the end, I had thousands of people go through it. And at the end... The feedback that I got was, well, I've been cooking for 20 years and I thought I knew everything there was. Like, I feel confident in the kitchen, but I had no idea that there were all these other things that I just didn't know about. And that was so encouraging to me because I was like, there is, there's too, there's just too much to know about cooking. Yeah. Like, it can get overwhelming, like the food network and like all the, I think it is easy to feel overwhelmed or feel like I need to know 8,000 things. And I just took, Like I boiled down everything that I knew and was like, what are the things that I think are the most powerful? And if you had this foundation, you will be good to go for the rest of your cooking days. And then I put it in a course and then I put it in a cookbook.
1: Well, and you, you are so conversational even in the cookbook, like in that way, you saying that it comes from a course, like, like, of course, of course it does. Of course it comes from a course because (laughs) it is very conversational in the way that you go about it. And I really like that about it. Like even when you're going through one of the, I think might be the first recipe, the guacamole recipe, you don't just put the recipe in there. You like walk people through how to assess, like, if they're doing a good job making it. Not just following a recipe, like, is this working for you in your kitchen and for your tastes and with the salt you have and with the, like, you know, like, get in there and figure, like, I love that you walk people through how to figure that out. Because like you say, anybody can kind of follow a recipe, but having those skills of being able to assess those things and know those things for yourself, that's what kind of takes it to an entirely different place.
2: Yes. Yes. And that, is, that was really the turning point for me in my own cooking journey is about two years in, I felt like, I was like, okay, I feel like I have cooked through several cookbooks. I feel like I know ingredients, but I'm still burning things. I'm still over salting things. I'm still having sauces come out really liquidy. And it occurred to me that like maybe I become a really good recipe reader, but Mm -hmm. I wasn't a confident home cook. And so I lay out my recipes in the way that's like, you know, a recipe can't tell you how ripe your avocado is or how juicy your lime is or what kind of salt, like salts are all so different. And so I really lay it out of like, we are going to talk about your avocado because your avocado might be different than the avocado I had when I created the recipe. So how do we know? Did you need to add more avocado? Did you need to add more lime? And yes, exactly what you said. We go through it like that.
1: Yeah. And that, I thought that was a really refreshing take on looking at a recipe, especially if if you're coming from that place of like, I just follow the recipe. And if it doesn't work out, it's the recipe's fault. It's not my fault.
2: Yes. I remember like, even with having a food blog, sometimes some people would come and leave comments and be like, Hey, this didn't turn out well for me. And I would be like, okay, well, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like the recipes yeah. right there. I didn't, I was like, what? the recipe is right really And then I realized like, oh, like maybe their stove burns or their oven burns hotter or cooler. Yeah. Or maybe their, um, maybe their lemon was way more juicy. So a juice of one lemon for them may have been way too much. And so it was like, how do we go from this where it's like, you're, you're putting the home cook into the equation of your recipe.
1: Yeah. And that was one thing specifically I really noticed about your book too, is you talk about really knowing your own kitchen and your own, you know, tools and everything that you're using. Like there's a certain hot spot in your, on your burners and like your oven is going to work differently than other people's and you're not going to have as much success as you want to have unless you kind of take the time and experiment to figure those things out.
2: Yes. That was, I think that little lesson got unlocked for me, too, from moving so often. Yeah. So we every three years. So I have to relearn a kitchen every three years. And I quickly realized, like, okay, this this stove is very different than the stove that I was just using. This oven, like, it used to take me 90 minutes to cook ribs in my old oven. In this oven, it's taking two hours. Like, what is happening? And just realizing, like, okay, I need to – I truly need to learn how these – Appliances, my kitchen tools, my pans, everything works. And so that way, when I'm reading a recipe and it says, you know, bake your bacon for 20 minutes, I can say, well, actually, no, mine will only take 15 minutes in my oven.
1: Yeah. It's so helpful. Just like those little adjustments that you can do for yourself. And you talk about a, a recipe is, it's not a GPS. It's a what? What <laughs> did you say this? Right. Yes. Yes. Have, yeah, yes. Yes. It's a compass. And I I love that because it gives you back that ownership over what you're doing in the kitchen.
2: Yes. I I always think about that uh, scene in the office where Michael Scott is driving and he has his GPS on and it's like, turn left. (laughs) And it's clearly like a lake. And he's like, nope, it says, says turn left. yeah, And he just like drives straight into the lake. And I was like, that is how I was in the kitchen, like I would taste something and I would be like, this is very salty, but it says to add this much salt. And so instead of trusting myself, I trusted the recipe so much more and I would add more salt and, and this, and I was like, okay, wait, this is more of a guide. Like this is a, a very nice framework, but I can deviate as I learn like my own tastes, as I learn how my own appliances work, I know how to say like, well, that might work for that person, but in this kitchen, we don't bake things that long.
1: Yeah. Okay, ladies, we are fully in back-to-school mode, getting everything ready, everything going, and I am so excited for this year, but it's also posing a lot of new organizational challenges for us and time constraints, and that is why my cooking being as simple and easy as possible while also being non-toxic is really important to me. So I am so thrilled to be using Caraway Cookware as usual. This fall, you guys know that I have been loving Caraway for a couple of years now, and especially this year because my kids are getting incorporated into the mix of cooking a lot this year. We all have to, like, band together since mom is working outside of the home some days a week. And so they have been learning how to cook, or Roman's just been improving his skills, and using Caraway has made that so easy because of their non-toxic, chemical-free ceramic coating. So it makes it so easy to cook because nothing sticks to these pans. They're incredible. We do all kinds of like sauces and seasonings and all the stuff and nothing sticks. It's just so awesome. And then to take it a step farther because we're all getting in on the cleaning this fall as well caraway pans are so easy to clean that nonstick coating it just really does the job and so when we're cleaning it is not like a big scrub session these things just come so nicely clean and they're absolutely beautiful anyway because you can get them in all kinds of different colors that fit your kitchen ours are the cream version i absolutely love them they just look so pretty even if i just have them sitting out on my stove because you know it's a little hectic around here and they don't always get put back away but then when i do want to put them back away they come with a really easy storage solution so all sets come with this complementary storage that allows you to store everything without having to stack things or lose lids or any of that it's so nice so I would just really encourage you to check out Caraway. They have got so many different things beyond just their basic cookware. They also have bakeware and food storage. They've even just introduced their Caraway Prep Set, 10 essential knives and utensils designed for chopping better, prepping cleaner and storing easier. Their line just keeps expanding and getting better and better. I think that you are going to love it as much as we do. So visit carawayhome.com/lwa to take advantage of this limited time offer for 10% off your next purchase. This deal is exclusive for my listeners. So visit carawayhome.com slash LWA or use code LWA at checkout. Caraway, non-toxic cookware made modern. Yeah, and I think that's so important too, is that like knowing what your preferences are and what your family's preferences are too, because you can take a recipe that is fine, but you can really tailor it once you have some of those basic skills to be something that your family particularly really enjoys because you know a little bit more about what you guys like and how to do that. Otherwise, it can be really intimidating to alter a recipe. Oh, absolutely. And
2: that's where that's really where I think the competence piece comes in, Mm -hmm. because what I didn't want to do is I didn't want to create a cookbook or a course even where I was promising perfection. I was like, you know, we are cooking so many meals every day. There's no way it's going to be perfect every single time. Like you are going to start to see like, oh, no, my chicken is burning a little bit or, oh, no, the sauce is breaking a little bit. And I feel like the confidence piece is knowing what to do when you see those things happening. And I feel like that takes the pressure off.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So when you realize like, okay, I'm following these recipes. I need to learn how to like actually cook. What did you, how did you do that? How did you learn? Obviously you've created this beautiful resource for the rest of us, but what did you do to get to that place?
2: I feel like I really started paying attention. Like I, I kind of put the recipes down and I really started paying attention. Like I don't understand how my pan works. Like you know it's like sometimes I'm burning chicken, sometimes I'm not burning chicken. This is a pan situation. Like yeah. I don't think this is like a breeze situation. So I really did start with my tools first. Like I want to know my tools inside and out. What makes my pan become more of a nonstick pan? And I talk about that in the book. Yes. Box. Um once, yeah, I'm like, "Oh, you all. And I teach I teach everybody like here's how to make sure that your stainless steel pan is more of a nonstick pan when you're cooking. Um how to know how hot your oven runs. But that was really the first clue for me because I was like, you know, chicken is always going to be chicken. Recipes are always going to be there. Let's start with the tools. So I started with the tools and I did so much Googling. I would go into kitchen stores and ask them like, what's the difference between this pan and this pan? What's the difference between this knife and this knife? And so I took all of that information and really distilled it down into what I thought were the most important pieces. And then I moved more into the food space of being like, you know, okay, wait, what, what if my lemon's juicier? Like mm-hmm. what if this feels like a really juicy lemon or what? And that's where, um, I talk about this where I bring like all the senses into yeah. the equation, all the senses available to me. I feel like a lot of people teach that you taste as you go. And I was leaving every other sense out. Like I wasn't touching. I wasn't like using my sense of sight to like, look and see like this avocado is clearly not right. Yeah. Or like, hearing like when the chicken hits the pan and it sizzles. And I know I just like honed those also so much more so that I could really pay attention when I was cooking. So I knew exactly what ingredients I was working with.
1: Yeah. And I think some of that is too, like along with your senses is some common sense. It's almost like we made a recipe and we're like, well, I don't have to use my common sense because it says this. Yes. (laughs) Like giving you that permission again, like, no, no. You're yes. sure? you have smarts like go ahead and use them when you're cooking
2: yes. that was one thing that I talk about in the book too because I feel like some like you said like I would just completely discount myself yeah it was like I I I felt ownership in all other areas of my home and all other rooms and what I would do and even how I would decorate or set them up but when it came to the kitchen I felt like I just completely discounted myself didn't like even if the back of my mind was like Brie that's a little salty I'd be like shh the recipe. Yeah. The it's recipe. Nice. Yes. And so I switched my mindset to be more of like, wait, I first number one, I'm the most important thing in this kitchen. It's not my pan, it's not my ingredients, it's not this recipe. I am. Like I'm the only one in here with a
1: brain. So like yes. I I can rely <laughs> on myself. And and that really helps. Yeah. As smart as all of these things are getting, yes. I still outsmart them all. Exactly. Well, I love that you have that manifesto in the beginning of the book where it's really kind of like allowing people to take ownership over it, really looking at what matters in your kitchen so that you can be a confident and productive cook. Yes. Yeah.
2: That was really, that was really beneficial to me to kind of lay that foundation from the beginning so that everything else that we learn in the kitchen, we can kind of fall back on, you know, I even talk about mistakes being the best teachers and like not discounting that. Like, Yes, it's easy to like get frustrated or to feel shame or even to feel dumb if you make a mistake. But let's like rewrite that a little bit and realize, wait, I just learned a lesson that I will probably remember for the rest of my cooking days. Yeah. And it may give you a really great story. Oh, yeah. You know, yes. it's, it's my it. best my best stories involve something burnt or
1: oversalted. <laughs> sure. Of course. Always. Oh, always. usually with company. Exactly. Oh, yes. Especially yes. when company is over. Especially yeah. new company. Yes. <laughs> So with all that moving around you've done, I imagine you have had to kind of like hone in on your, and I could be wrong, but I think you would hone in on like your favorite tools because if you're having to move them every three years, you're probably not wanting just like a bunch of surplus. Oh yeah. So what have some of those things been like for you personally? I do have my favorite tools. In
2: fact, I move like, I they come with me. When we pack our suitcases, the, uh, <laughs> the movers come, they pack everything, but I have my kitchen like what, like my mini kitchen, but I swear yeah. away. Cause when we move, we end up going into Airbnbs for a few weeks before we find a place to live sure. and I'm cooking in those Airbnbs. And so sure. the tools that I bring with me, my favorite pan, and I suggest everybody like have a favorite pan that they know inside and out that you're just besties with, you know, how it works. You love using it. And mine is my enameled, uh, cast iron brazier from La Crusade. I love it so much. I use it almost every day. So that comes with me. I know that pan. I know that pan as well as I know me. And so that's one. I always bring my chef's knife that comes with me everywhere. Um, I usually bring my instant pot because it's just really easy to throw together fast meals. It can even be used as a slow cooker or a rice cooker. So I love using that. Um, I always bring my, I pack up my coffee maker and bring. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I love my coffee maker. Sure. So, she's just You're as important serious about kitchen. your coffee.
1: You got to have your setup yeah. for sure. If
2: I know. If I could pack, I always pack like little things like my ounce measures, my little awesome oh. ounce measures, those replace like liquid measure and like tablespoon and teaspoon measure. So I love those. Um my garlic roller and my bench scraper. Those always come with me cuz they make prepping everything so easy. If I could pack up one appliance and it's slightly new to me, um, but I'm obsessed with it. It would be the toaster oven. Oh, I did not. So many people are always like the toaster oven, the toaster oven. And I was like, I have an oven. Why do I need a mini oven? Like I already have a big oven. I don't need a mini oven. And then revel came out with like an air fryer toaster oven. And again, it was the pandemic. And I was just like, why not throw something else? And I am obsessed with it. I, Love it so much. What are your favorite things to do with it? I think the thing that I love most about it is it it heats up super fast. So obviously yeah. if I have to use it, it heats up really fast. Um, I can air fry in it and I do air fry in it a lot. But the thing that I probably use it most for are leftovers. So oh, like, yeah, have, I feel like we have gotten our money's worth back just from reheating leftovers like yeah. French fries, chicken, all of that pizza, quesadillas, all of it. It it tastes like it just came out of the restaurant.
1: Yes. And And it's so much better than the microwave.
2: So much better than the microwave. And it takes half the time it would if it was in the oven. Because I always feel like, I don't have time to heat this up in the oven. But this heats up so much faster. It cooks so much faster. Um, I I make mozzarella sticks in it a lot. I love it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I got an air fryer this year. I just, I walked by, I was in Walmart. It was a total impulse purchase because Drew Barrymore came out with her line of like little appliances and they were all gorgeous. I was like, I'm buying that. It's a white air fryer, it goes with my caraway pans. I'm buying it and I've loved it. Like my kids have learned how to use it this summer. It's made our summer like lunches and everything so much easier. And yeah, I just popped quesadillas in there that we had leftovers and they weren't all soggy and like, right. it's amazing. And I feel like I thought I was
2: going to use it a lot in like the winter, obviously, in this, but I use it so much in the summer because yeah. I don't have to, the oven, it doesn't like heat up the house the way yeah. an oven, I'm like, I'm using this all the time.
1: Yeah, it's awesome.
2: So it's yeah. Drew Barrymore's, she came yeah. out with a little Yes,
1: there's like Love gray her. and white for all of the appliance. and there's. I want to get the toaster next. Our toaster is like on the fritz anyway, so it's a good excuse yeah. to be like, "I need the matching toaster." That makes sense, right? <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So she's case. got all. I know, right? <laughs> so she's got all kinds of stuff, but I mean, and it was just it's her like beautiful line or whatever. Like I don't even know if it works all that well in the long run, but I didn't oh. care <laughs> in the moment because like, it's not. I'm getting it's worked it well for us so far. So that's awesome. I have to check that out. Yeah. Okay. I want to take a little bit of a left turn for yes. a minute, which I, I warned you about going into yes. this, but <laughs> you are a part of a mastermind group that is like the dream mastermind group. <laughs> I, give, give me like, remind me if I'm wrong, but I think it's Jamie Golden, yes. Kendra Adachi yes. and Laura Tremaine. Yep. Is is that the whole group yep. right there? Okay. Yeah. And I've listened to your guys's podcast that you did when Laura's last book came out. I like specifically, I got the book for free and I still went and bought the book so that I could get like the behind the scenes podcast to be able to listen to you guys. And specifically about the mastermind group, because I've wanted to do a mastermind for a long time, but I'm like, but how did they do it? Like how, because like your guys's you, it seems to me that you guys have really grown together over the years. And a lot of you have made like big steps in your careers throughout this mastermind. And a lot of you seem to point back to the brainstorming and everything that you guys have done together. So I would okay. love like a little bit more insight into that and like what a meeting looks like for you guys and how it has helped you and even like how it specifically helped you with developing this book. Oh, yes.
2: Yes, this is a I feel so grateful to be in this mastermind. They're such amazing women and we did I think we got together maybe like 4 years ago and it was really out of a place of loneliness. I was yeah. like I like need people. This job is so weird. It's like it not a lot of people understand it if they're not in that world. Yeah. And it can get super unmotivating super fast. Yeah. And so um we all came together. We all live in a different state. So we were like, okay, what we're gonna do is we're going to meet monthly over Zoom. And then annually we're gonna all come together and have a work trip, basically. And so that's what we've done. Every time we meet, we ask like a few weeks out, does anybody need what we call a hot seat? And so someone if someone says, for example, I had the last hot seat because I have a book coming out. And I was like, mm-hmm. I need you all to help me brainstorm pre-order bonuses. And so w- we talk a lot on Boxer. We talk almost daily on Boxers, And so we kind of know what's going on in each other's world but I'll go into Boxer and I'll be like, here's everything I'm going to talk about in our meeting. And here's what I want you all to come prepared with. So they have some time to like kind of think of ideas or whatever. Then we jump on the Zoom. I'll do my hot seat. I'll ask my questions. They all will like say their ideas. A lot of times it's them reflecting back or even asking me more questions. Um, A lot of times it's them coming up with like brilliant ideas. So many of us have come up with ideas for each other, that it's fun to see it go in the world and be like, hey, "I told her to do that," or you yeah. know, "She told me that." And so, um it's just been it's it's been so good. And then the same with the annual retreat; that's a little bit more intensive. We mm-hmm. all get a hot seat for about ninety minutes, and it's the same. We come prepared. Like the first fifteen minutes, we say like Here is you usually want to come with just one thing, like." Is it you want to make more money this year? You want to write a book this year? You want to launch a course? This That was one of mine was the course. And you just lay it all out. And then the rest of the time, everybody gets to like ask questions, clarify, give ideas. And I mean, every single one of those trips has resulted in some really big business move for either all of us or at least one of us.
1: Yeah. It's been pretty amazing just over the last few years to see how all of your businesses have like exploded, oh, yeah. it seems like, and and through yeah. the pandemic and all of that, but most of you coming out with like multiple books and yeah. the podcast, obviously, like, just doing incredible and I mean, all the things it's been pretty amazing to see how you guys are able to really like boost each other. And it, it can be so isolating, this job, like you're saying. Yes. I actually just took on another job. I just became a Lash extension tech in addition to doing voiceover work and podcasting. And part of it was like, I am so tired of just being alone all oh. the time. And I'm such yes. a social person. Like I just need the, yes. the outlet. But especially oh. like having a mastermind group because it's other people who understand your work and not everybody does.
2: Exactly. It, it really helps. And I feel like it gives perspective because I think sometimes it can be like, Oh, I'm, I feel so dumb because I care about the Instagram algorithm, but then you get to, you know, and then they're like, no, that was dumb. That shouldn't have happened. No, I would feel that way too. And then sometimes, you know, I get to go in there and be like, Oh, it's just happened. And they'll be like, Oh, it's not that big of a deal. And it's like, okay. Okay. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Like we just, I think are able to really like help each other see, we always say that we see each other's blind spots, which is just so helpful to have other really amazing accomplished women see, like care about what you do, support what you do. We all like partake in each other's work. We love each other's books. We love each other's courses. We go to each other's live shows. Like we're actual supporters of each other. And then that helps us even more as we come together and mastermind.
1: And it's gotta be sort of like, vulnerable i mean obviously it has to be vulnerable when you're talking about the stuff that like especially with your money and you're trying to expand your career and not everything is going to be a success and so yeah. like walking through that with other people that you're willing to put that out there but also that's probably so helpful in those vulnerable difficult moments oh yeah
2: yeah it is we are super vulnerable with each other um which also we like just know and trust like We like got each other on lockdown, yeah. Um, but we are super vulnerable with like our numbers and where we're struggling, where we're finding successes and it helps so much. Like it does even like five years and sometimes it is vulnerable to go into the group and be like, Oh, I lost this many subscribers or like whatever it is. Yeah. But then after sharing that, it there's, yeah, there's something that happens where it's like, but you get the encouragement or you get the feeling of not being so alone or someone comes in with solidarity and it's like I also lost subscribers for that or whatever it was
1: yeah yeah i i think the vulnerability is worth it in those moments for the encouragement and the like reality check and and then also like okay what do we do now like how do we How do we remedy that situation to not just be doing it alone? Exactly.
2: Yeah, Yeah. it's so helpful.
1: Highly recommend. Yes. Yeah, for (laughs) sure. You guys need that, should be all of your next book that you write, like the mastermind how to or a course or something. We would all love it.
2: Oh my gosh. I think we have talked about, like, should we do a course?
1: I don't know. You totally should. I would buy it. (laughs) It'd be awesome. So I was wondering, though, and I think Kendra may have talked about this, maybe even on the podcast that you guys did with Laura, but um, you and Kendra have, like, similar things that you're writing about and doing, but not completely overlapping because I think that you're probably a little bit heavier, like, on the actual recipes and on the actual cooking, and Kendra tends to be a little bit more, like, process motivated, you know, but you guys are, like, you both released kitchen books about... (laughs) how to operate in your kitchen and how to make that happen. But you exist in the same mastermind group and they're very different books. Like I have gone through both of them. I can see the need for both of them. Absolutely. But how do you guys support each other, like doing a very similar thing, but needing for it to be different?
2: Oh yeah. I think that we really just kind of talked about it together of like, okay, I want to make sure I know, like, what, it, what are you trying to accomplish? What is, what do you want your book to be for people? And then, you know, me also saying the same thing. Like we had that conversation when she was writing kitchen and, um, the lazy genius kitchen. Yeah. And it was like, within one conversation, we were like, oh, we're doing such different things. Yeah. Like, We both want food so much. We both want people to have kitchen wins. We want them to be able to get dinner to their people at the table. We love this concept of gathering people around a meal, but we're, we're doing it so differently. And not only are we doing it differently, but what we're doing actually holds hands. And so once we, yeah, once we were able to name that, it was like, like I already, when, um, I got the first copy of the cook's book. I put it next to my copy of the Lazy Genius Kitchen and sent Kendra a photo and I was like, they're besties. Like yeah. these two books in the kitchen are can only make kitchens and home cooks everywhere the most efficient, joyful place.
1: Yeah. I totally agree because I felt like from her book, it was the, like I said, kind of like the more process part of it, you know, like this is how to make things work with your family and with your kitchen and organizing and, you know, like all of, and she cook she talks about cooking, but this was kind of like that next step of like, now let's make you into a cook, like give you all that know-how. And so I think like a combination, like those two books wrapped together with a pretty bow for a newlywed, that's like the perfect wedding gift. I w- the gift that I wish I would have had 20 years oh, ago same
2: I am so excited for these books to both exist and I'm so grateful that Kendra's came out first because I feel like hers is so helpful and foundational for like yeah like how, how what's your mindset on approaching the kitchen and how do you get your kitchen working for you and it's like that book is so essential and then my book comes in and it's like now that you know how to be in the kitchen you know how you want your kitchen to work for you let's cook
1: Yes. I almost feel like hers needs to be for like the kids going to college and like yes. keeping it. And then yours is like, when you come in in that next life stage, like, okay, now you're getting married and now you're needing to learn yes. how to cook. Yeah, yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. But they're, they're both just awesome. And you actually did her live show with her, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I did. Um, her first live show, I
2: did a live show with her for the late, uh, the lazy genius mm-hmm. way yeah, and then I was at her book release party for, um, Lazy Genius Kitchen. Okay, that's
1: what it was. Yeah, so yes. super fun. So as you are developing recipes, and you, I mean, that is that's obviously like taking it to a whole nother level. Now you've learned how to cook, but you are developing recipes to be putting in a book. Like, how did you develop the confidence to get to that place where you could kind of pull things together yourself? I
2: think it happened really organically. I I think that I was still relying on a lot of other people's recipes and then something like something would happen where maybe we'd have a dish at a restaurant and I'd be like, I want to recreate that at home. And, and I would be like, okay, like what am I tasting here? What are the main elements? And I would like put them in my phone. Like, okay, it's this, this, is the I think it's these spices. I think it's this. And then I would go home and I would recreate it and I would, you know, either have to tweak it later or I'd be like, okay, I'm so close. Um, And I, it wasn't, it was just kind of like, it happened when it happened. And every once in a while I would share my own recipe. And then I was like, wait, I actually love doing this. And I, people really enjoy my recipes. Like people were saying, um, you know, I know your recipes are always going to be super flavorful. And so I kind of made that the cornerstone of my recipes. Like one thing you're going to get from my recipes is it might be simple. Like you might look at something like that looks kind of simple, like a guacamole or a salsa, Um, but they're going to just be so flavor packed. And so I kind of had that philosophy. Like I want it to be simple, but I want it to have a lot of flavor. I want ingredients that people are going to repeat with. Like I didn't want to bring together recipes where people are like, I use that tub of paste once and yeah. now I have a now I have this whole thing in my, I was like no I want them to show up over and over again in recipes um so yeah that's kind of where that started
1: and you this is your second book am I right yes yes okay so how did you go about this book differently than you went about your first book
2: so my first book was, um, is called Come and Eat, and it is – I would call it my food memoir maybe or just my own memoir, and it's, it has maybe 20 recipes in it, I think, but the rest of it is very story-driven, and it's really how I came to fall in love with food with the cornerstone of it being like gathering. Like I talk all about gathering people around a meal, and when that book come, came out, I had – I really was like, I don't think I have a cookbook in me, but I do love talking about food and I do love sharing recipes every once in a while. But after that book came out, a lot of the people who read it asked me if I could teach them how to cook. They were like, yeah, yeah, we get it. Gathering people around a meal is great, but I actually want you to teach me how to cook. Yeah, I and don't have the skills to do that.
1: Can exactly, you take it a step further?
2: Yeah, exactly. Which I thought was so interesting because a lot of what I talk about in that book is I don't care if you go and buy like a store about rotisserie chicken. I don't care if it's as simple as like chips and melted cheese and you call it nachos. Yeah. Just like bring people together. Yeah. So then when people were like, well, teach me how to cook, I was like, well, no, because that's not the point. Yeah. <laughs> the point, that's not what I was getting at. That's not what I was getting at. And I still, so I was just kind of like confused by that feedback. And then uh, shortly after that, Instagram stories launched. And I remember um, I was like, That no, like I would, I was like, I am not getting on video. Are you kidding me? That is so personal. Like I just was so turned off by it, but then slowly I would turn on and, you know, I turn on the video for Instagram stories and I would just be like cooking something, but mostly I was trying to like share a message or whatever. I wasn't sharing about food Yeah, and the same thing. People would be like, Hey, what did you just do in your pan? And I, I was like, no, we're not talking about the pan. I was talking about <laughs> You're missing it again. <laughs> yeah. And so finally, I was like, I got to give the people what they want. And the people want to know how to cook. And so yeah. that also helps because they weren't saying like more recipes. They weren't saying like more tips on gathering. They were like, no, like the act of cooking, I need you to teach me. And so that's, I feel like that's where I became very, like more of a teacher in yeah. the kitchen.
1: I think that definitely comes through because like I said, it's just like, it's so conversational. You feel like you're sitting in your classroom in this book, the way that you are anecdotal and the way that you talk about everything. It's a very enjoyable read for like getting after it Mean being like, okay, I'm going to learn how to do these like more technical things. So, awesome! Great. Yeah. That's what I was going for. I love awesome. to hear it. <laughs> you did a beat and it's beautiful. Like I don't, I, I have to like I have a thing. You know, I think probably a lot of us do for like books that are beautiful. You want it to be gorgeous, and it, yes, the cover is like the cloth-bound spine and all of that that kind of like take it next level. But the book is so like clean and bright throughout it, you like, you want to be in there. And I love that you say like, get after it with like a pen and washi tape and like, make it your own. I, I love that that was your motivation in there. Yes. Oh, I'm so
2: glad that you picked up on that. Cause that was the vibe I was going for. And I also was like, I mean, I called it the cook's book because I'm like, this is your book. You are yeah. the cook. This is your book. I really wanted it to inspire someone to be like, this is my book. Like I, so I get to go in there and mark it up. I get to modify recipes. If I wanted more lemon in that, if I wanted more spice,
1: I'm like, this is yours now. So Yeah. Well, it's happy. it's super fun. Do you know what you'll do next?
2: Well, I did share um with Emily Freeman that I was gonna start a YouTube channel. I mean, I have I kind of have a yeah. YouTube channel, but I haven't I don't really post to it at all. Yeah. But I think that like I really love the format of video. And I think mm-hmm. especially with cooking, it just you need to see what's going on. Yeah. And so I think being much more, um, like producing much more content on YouTube that is about how to cook, teaching how to cook and recipes.
1: Yeah. I love that. I think that would be a great shift, like to do more of that. I've been looking at that too, because it's just, when you really get in there, I mean, I follow so many people and you really, you fall in love with the people for their personality and like, you really get to know them. And I think obviously you've got the personality for it. People are going to want to show up for your channel. So I think that's a great idea. Thank you. Yeah, a little it's, bit shift since you didn't want to do stories.
2: I know. Right. Yeah. I went from being like, I will not be on video to everybody being like, that's where you're supposed to be.
1: Yeah. it was like, yep. okay, You can see it. You can just see it. I love that. Thank you. Okay. So I would love to know what a typical day looks like for you. Okay. So
2: I obviously work from home. I usually get up early. I am a morning person. So I like to get up really early. I have my coffee in the summer. It's iced coffee. I make my own homebrew. um, As we've heard, it's very important. It's very important. Yes. (laughs) Like I need it. Um, And then I just like Usually, hopefully my mornings can be a little slower, so I can get like thirty to forty five minutes of like reading in. Um they haven't been so slow in book launch season, so I'm sure. usually waking up like making sure I'm right, like, did I get that article in right? Do I have am I prepping for this interview? Um, but then after that, I usually will, develop recipes in the sense that like I sit down at my computer and I'll have, I have like a little ideas list of like all the things that I crave or want to create or that I've tried at a restaurant. And so I'll just write out like, this is how I think this dish would come together. So I write out a few recipes and then usually I will, well, I eat like my lunch at 10 AM because I don't do breakfast because I don't get hungry until 10. And so I do like full blown lunch. Like, wow full blown lunch at 10. And then after that is when I'll recipe test. So I will cook the recipe exactly as I wrote it out. Um, which I learned very quickly. is very important because if I deviate and I don't like, I'm like, no, I'm going to cook it exactly the way. And then if I needed to make modifications, that's usually the dish that ends up being our dinner later that evening. So that's helpful. because,
1: Yeah.
2: I'm like, okay. Like, I can have, we'll have maybe friends over or Jeremy will tell me like, how does this taste? Did it mean more of this, less of that? And then I'll, you know, make my notes and either I'll recipe, I'll try to recipe test like something two or so times just to make sure like this is coming out correctly. This is the right ingredients, the right measurements. Um, And then usually after I recipe test, there's like a few hours in the evening where I will, um like, it's like emails and stuff, like, you know. Adding yeah. stuff, email stuff
1: yeah and so I'll the just like make the fun part yeah
2: yeah exactly I'm like okay I got to do emails oh and then there's like obviously Instagram stories in there posting oh my gosh there's so many tasks
1: to this job as you know yes yeah it's like having yes. 4,000 different irons in the fire you're like oh my which God. one's most important that I need to get to? Exactly. there's so many and, things
2: and then they keep releasing like I remember with Instagram it was like okay just post on Instagram and then it was like Instagram stories then it was like lives then it was like reels yes. and i'm like okay is this thing a post is it a live is it a story is it a reel and then is it tiktok a carousel like, is, it a... <sighs> is it a carousel and i'm like am i supposed to be on tiktok now like just yeah. like all of the it. it's it can get very overwhelming
1: it can for sure it's like you got to start prioritizing which things you're going to yes. get good at i'm still struggling with reels because i'm like oh. Uh, stories were one thing. They're organic. They're easy. You just show up, you talk, reels. There's like this production level. And, oh my gosh. Okay. This is a total, total side note. Ridiculous story has nothing to do with what we're talking about. But I watched this stupid reality show. And yes. this was the first season. I've watched like nine seasons of this reality show in the last two years. <laughs> so <laughs> that something. What is it? Or you don't want to say? Well, my best friend has sworn me to secrecy. Otherwise, I would share. I'll share once we we go off here. But she okay, okay. people cannot know we watch this. But anyway. <laughs> so I've been watching it though. And this is the first season where I'm like, I mean, I know I'm older. I have a son who is a junior in high school, but this is the first season where I'm looking at these guys and I'm like, well, and girls, and I'm like, you guys are so Gen Z. Like, I, c I there's been a break here, and I can't relate to you anymore and your language is completely different and they all know how to dance they all know how to do these little choreographed dances every single one of them and i'm like it's tiktok come to life like oh my gosh how they grew up and they all know how to do it and it's the weirdest thing like around this will be a clue but around the villa they'll all of a sudden break out in dances and i'm like like together choreographed dances not like we're just jamming to music but they are like synced up this is what they're doing to pass time during the day and i'm like this is such a like spotlight on this generation <laughs> like this is how they were raised truly truly yeah. so funny yep tiktok yeah. can't keep up can't keep up with oh my that. gosh yeah I'm like, I get
2: on TikTok, I'm like, hey, this is how we're saying that now? Okay, this is what we're yeah. doing now. This, Oh, this yeah. is how we're
1: showing it now? Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Or like, th- that's the phrase we're going with? Yeah. <laughs> okay. That sounds, that, that's what, that's what means, like, are you serious? I don't, I don't think I can, I don't think I can get on board with that one. I guess I'm just going to have to start seeming old. <laughs> so, Oh okay. my gosh. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> Okay, moving on. So, what is some little way that you live well anyway? Just something that you do in the midst of all the chaos to take care of you and that kind of thing.
2: I would say I have a pretty hard line of going to bed, like shut down starting at nine. And I, because I am a morning person and most of my energy is in the morning. And as the day goes on, I can tell my energy just is draining. So, if I can't capitalize on that morning energy, it's it's not good. And yeah. so um I used to for a long time feel like I had to like I had to be the night out, I had to stay up with everybody, I had to, you know, like be up as long as the guests were in my house. No, everybody knows now and I tell them, right? Like, I'm like, I, I go to bed at night. And so we will even have people in our house. And Jeremy is a night owl, so that helps. But I will be like, okay, guys, I'm going to bed now. Like you all can stay, you can enjoy another drink. Jeremy's here. And it's just I'm like, that's,
1: I don't, yeah. that's what I do. I go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody knows it about me and it just makes me happy. I love it's, that. I think the more of those things that we can just be like, this is who I am and this is what I'm doing and yep. accept it. I think that's yep. awesome. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I love that. Thanks. Okay. Are you ready for my this or that questions? Absolutely. All right. Candles or essential oil diffuser? Candles. Okay. Cloth napkins or paper? Cloth. Okay. City or country? Oh, no. City. Okay. I thought that might be the case. Yeah. Paper or digital? Digital. Okay. Shopping, would you rather do it online or in the store? Online. Okay. It's whatever time you're making dinner, which I guess for you is probably like (laughs) mid-afternoon. Yes, exactly. But you need a mental break. Do you listen to a podcast or music? Right now, it's been music. Okay, and what would you listen
2: to? Like it changes. Oh, I'm listening to the Barbie soundtrack, like on repeat.
1: Yes, I love that. I love that. I took my son, my 17-year-old son, to the Barbie movie. And he was like, I don't know. And we left. But then I caught that he had put Ken's song on his playlist that he shares with his best friend. And so I was like, okay, victory. Well, that's a win for me. I love it. It's so good. It's so good. And I, he should win an award for his impression of Rob Thomas.
2: Oh my gosh.
1: I was dying in the theater and like my son didn't get it because he's not familiar with the original Matchbox 20 song. And I was like dying. I made him listen to it in the car on the way home. I was like, no, you have to understand what Ryan Gosling just did because (laughs) it was so much funnier than you even realize. Oh, truly like such oh. a magical moment yes I mean it just it could have it was funny enough just being right. that song oh the yeah the way he performed it oh so I that good. will live rent free in my mind yep. forever yeah same same okay chocolate milk or dark dark okay I thought I, if it was gonna be milk we were gonna have to talk about your book I mean <laughs> I'm scared. Definitely dark. I'm not, I'm, I'm not much of a sweets girl as you will see in my book. No sweets. Yes. But <laughs> it, that's just like, it feels like a, a basic of a cook to me. Oh yeah. Yeah. Be the thing. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Sports or no sports?
2: No sports, but I like going and eating, but I don't okay. know what's happening. <laughs> yes. But
1: I love being, I love being at sporting events. I okay. So maybe. Yeah. Okay. Well, but you're not going to sit down and watch them on TV. Right. No. I don't know what's happening. Yeah, neither do I. It's okay. (laughs) Okay. Live broadcasting. Would you rather broadcast or watch? Broadcast. Okay. That didn't used to be the case. Uh, Right? But now you're there. Look where you are at. Yeah. (laughs) What is your favorite movie? Oh my gosh. Um, I don't know. It's a hard one. This is where people always struggle. Oh my gosh. I love
2: I don't oh my gosh. I, I can never remember movies. Some people are like, what's your favorite? And I'm like, what did I just see? What did I, there's so many good ones out there though, right? Yeah.
1: Well, clearly the Barbie movie, it seems like. You the Barbie movie. That's a, okay. That I love the Barbie movie. There but you I go. Just, movies. That's so funny. Barbie movie. Okay. Claim it. <laughs> Nobody's Claim ever it. said it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. And if you were to put yourself on the crunchiness spectrum, where zero is totally not crunchy and ten is like singing "Kumbaya" by the fire with your legs unshaven and dreadlocks in your hair, where are you on the spectrum? I would say I think I'm a happy
2: five. Okay, like I, I like I'm not totally in either, like fully in either camp, but I yeah. also appreciate like, like I
1: appreciate certain things from, and I'm um, sure. like, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. yeah. A little bit of convenience mixed with a little bit of, you know, the natural. Yeah. You can like have that nice in between. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. That's a great number. Okay. Now this question is not on the list and it's going to be the final question I think I asked you. Specific for you, have you watched The Bear? Yes. Okay. I love The Bear. Do you love it? Okay. <laughs> I loved The Bear. It, I did have to be in a specific mood because the, it was, I got stressed out. It is intense. But the cooking is so fun to watch in addition to the incredible storyline and the incredible characters and everything. But the cooking. Uh,
2: the cooking, the food. Oh, I was like all the way in. I was yeah. all, all the way into the bear. But yes, I was like, I think sometimes I would try to play it in the background while I was like, you know, recipe developing. And I was like, no, no, no. Yeah. this is not a show for right now because I am just no. like getting stressed out why I myself am trying to <laughs> recipe test something. Yes.
1: If but anything, you need to be like, have a stress ball or something, yes, exactly. especially certain episodes. It's like, oh, prepare for your PTSD. Exactly. Happen. Oh yeah. my gosh, truly. Oh, but yeah. I love it. You love okay. it? Oh, yeah. My son and I watched it together and we didn't think that it could get better after season one. And then season two right? was like, incredible. Incredible. So phenomenal. Yeah. I oh, wear good. suits now. I wear yeah. suits now. Right. Yeah. And now I'm going oh my gosh, I love that so much. Yeah. Well, I just, like, as we were doing the interview, I was like, she has to have seen this because I just feel like she needs the bear in her life. So oh, I'm so glad you found it. it. I love it. I love it. I figured you'd heard of it given that Jamie is in your mastermind, but oh, yeah. I just had to check. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on today, Brie. It was so much fun and your book is beautiful. So much for having me this is so fun absolutely well you'll have to get in touch again if you have something else great come out in the future i will hopefully okay. yes <laughs> absolutely <laughs> that's it for today's episode ladies if you would like links to anything that we talked about on this episode as well as any of those links that i mentioned at the beginning of the show like beauty counter dime asia any of that good stuff then you can check for all of those in the show notes by going to mckenziecoppa.com slash podcast or just swiping up in whatever app you listen to the show on you will also be able to find links to brie's book which have i mentioned it's beautiful it's so beautiful It is just my aesthetic, like wrapped up in a beautiful little book package. I absolutely love it. And the recipes aren't too shabby either. So you're going to want to check that out. And I've got that link in today's show notes. All right. Thanks so much for joining me this week again, ladies. Next week, I will be back, as I mentioned, with the one and only Katie Duckett. Until then, go be bold and gracious.